Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. It's good to be in his house tonight. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to jump right in tonight. Amen. We are starting a brand new series, and uh, this is a, a really good series. I can tell you, uh, one of the sometimes we, we do series or we do uh, different things, and, and, and it has, I say, you know, this could be life-changing. You know, it kind of gets cliche after a while, right? But I think any time that you study the book of Proverbs, it can be life-changing. And, and so what we're going to do over the next couple months here is we're going to be uh, doing several lessons from the king, and that is from the book of Proverbs. And I think whenever you study Proverbs and you study it with an open heart and an open mind and you say, God, you know, I want to be wise, <laughs> I want to be wise. I don't want to be a fool. I, I don't want to be uh, ignorant. I, I don't want to be behind the scale here. I, I want to be wise. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight, but that's the first lesson, and I, I will just tell you there are uh, going to be some lessons that you will probably like more than others, but uh, all of the lessons will be very good, and uh, I, I know that you will really enjoy it. So let's get into Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to start, we're going to read verses 1 through 7, and um, you can follow along on the screen. How many of you got the PDF? Did you get a PDF in the, okay, so you have that. How many of you, and I just want to know, uh, there are some people maybe watching online, but I need to know the, of those that are here, how many of you would appreciate if, if you had a paper copy? You would like to have a paper copy, so there's probably about 10 of you, 12 of you. Maybe a few more. Okay. All right. Uh, Brother Cooper, do you have the, the PDF that I sent? Could you, could you make, even if you just make some of the, the uh, fill in the blanks, could you just go make about maybe 12 copies back, back in front? I didn't want to, sometimes, you know, I'm trying to, it, it's a fine line, you know, because you print out a bunch and then nobody uses them and then there's a big stack of paper just sitting there. And then the Germans walk by, and they're like, <laughs> like I wasted, you know. So I'm trying not to be wasteful. I'm trying to be, you know, frugal. Uh, but no, I, I do want, if you want a, a paper copy, we'll try to make that happen. But let's start reading tonight Proverbs chapter 1 and uh, verses 1 through 7. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give uh, subtility to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, you know, I have, I've only been on the earth for almost 43 years, and I have learned a few things. I'm not as wise as I want to be, uh, but thank God I'm not as foolish as I used to be either. But I have learned that the danger of walking into Walmart is that you will be tempted to buy something that you, number one, really do not need, 
and number two, that you really do not want. It, it's, it's weird, isn't it, how you can go through the store and after shopping, you ever go through your cart and you pick up the different items and you're asking yourself, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Why am I buying this? I do it all the time. And a lot of times I'm thinking, I didn't even put this in the cart. <laughs> Anyways, then I have to ask those questions to other people. Do we, do we really need this? Unfortunately, it seems like in our quest for more information, we, we have, you know, uh, news media, we have magazines, uh, technology, uh, XM radio, uh, internet, you've got all these wonderful things. I mean, you, you can find out more from your smartphone now uh, than whenever I was growing up than you could find at the library. I mean, in just a few seconds you can pull up. But it seems like we don't seem to see the need for how to use that information in order to live a successful life. It's like we want all this information. We want to be able to, you know, fact check the preacher in service, but how do we apply all this great information to our lives and help us to live better lives? Wisdom has become a virtue. I believe that a lot of people, they, they say, why would I want that? Why would I need wisdom? Now, don't misunderstand me. It's not that since, you know, people don't really sense their need for wisdom. They sense their need for wisdom whenever they have a problem. They want wisdom to use like a, a pill to heal their problem. Oh, give me wisdom. You know, I had somebody say, oh, I need God to give me wisdom about this. I'm like, I need God to give me wisdom about everything. Like, I need my whole life to be bathed in wisdom. Uh, sometimes people, uh, what most people don't have is they don't have a daily pursuit of wisdom, right? Uh, that would prove more valuable, I think, than the recommended daily dosage, you know, of, oh, I just need a little bit of wisdom to take care of this. True wisdom in the life of a believer is more preventative than a cure. So, like, if you operate in wisdom, you're just, things are just going to flow smoother in your life. Because you're operating wisdom, you're not like, oh God, I need wisdom for this situation right here. You're just going to flow in wisdom, right? And so, in spite of our apparent disinterest in pursuing the wisdom of God, we still have a great need for wisdom because none of us has it all figured out. Um, you know, since I've seen you last, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is signed up for college now and she has her own car. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. I'm officially... Uh, so, I'm just telling you, I need wisdom every day. I, I realize that probably more now than ever before. And we have a God that has storehouse, warehouse full of wisdom. And he says, I want to make it available to you. I want you to have I want you to enjoy it. And this storehouse of wisdom that he has is called the Proverbs. We can find enough wisdom in the Proverbs to make sense of our whole life. And so uh, Proverbs was written as an instruction manual for the pursuit of wisdom. So if you're filling in blanks, that's going to be your first fill in the blank. Those of you that have a PDF, it is interactive. You can press on it and you can type or write in. 
but it's written as an instruction manual for the pursuit of wisdom. Warren Wearsby has defined a proverb as a short statement that summarizes a wise principle. A short statement that summarizes a wise principle. So in the introduction of Proverbs chapter 1, which we just read, God tells us some of the first facts that we need to understand in our pursuit of wisdom. Now I'm going to give these to you and then you're, you're going to be missing the fill in the blanks, but you'll get them because they're, uh, they're, they're coming, okay? We're going to go over each one. The first one we're going to talk about, verses 2 and 3, is the benefits of wisdom. And then we're going to talk, number 2, we're going to talk about the beneficiaries of wisdom in verses 4 and 5. Then we'll talk about the barriers to wisdom, wisdom in verse 6 and the beginning of wisdom in verse 7. So let's start with the benefits of wisdom. What are some of the benefits of wisdom? Wisdom, A, wisdom gives preparation. Wisdom gives preparation. The word wisdom or skill is creation of God can be used to help handle your life successfully. You want to know how to, how to look wise, how to not just look wise, but to be wise? You need to get wisdom in your life. Uh, wisdom comes from God. Wisdom brings be, wisdom brings correction. Wisdom gives preparation, helps you be prepared, but it also brings correction. So we talked about how the word for wisdom can mean skill. Uh, it, the word instruction means discipline, either verbal or physical, that is instructive and corrective in nature instructive and corrective. It combines the elements of child rearing, nurturing, and chastening. And in this sense, the wisdom of Proverbs is meant to correct errors in how we handle our lives, either in pointing out the danger in our lives or reminding us of the consequences of bad decisions. There's a lot of stuff in there that says this is what's going to happen if, if this person does this or this is what will happen if and, you know, some people have said, well, I saw somebody do that, and they never suffered that consequence. Now, I want you to understand something about Proverbs. When you read something like, uh, you know, a warning or a, a, an instruction, it does not mean that 100% of the time that's going to be accurate. Like if, you know, whatever it is, it's not saying that that's, it's saying overall, in general terms, uh, you can expect that this is going to be the consequence of this. Get seemingly that that's that's just an exception. The 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 general instruction is that uh, we have to listen to the wisdom of the proverbs in order to see the danger in our lives, to see the things we need to steer away from, the consequences of our bad decisions. So we have wisdom gives what? Wisdom brings correction. Okay, and now we're going to perception. Wisdom teaches us. Perception. To perceive means to observe, to mark, to give heed, to distinguish, or to consider. To observe, to mark, give heed, to distinguish, or consider. Wisdom helps us to perceive. The wisdom of Proverbs is intended to give us more than just smart little sayings. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, they'll quote something, they'll say, Proverbs, you know, it's like, uh, like Confucius, you know, I'm like, no, it's better than Confucius, you know, it's, it's better than uh, whatever great philosopher was out there. 
The wisdom of Proverbs is, is, is designed to build up the practice of perceiving things as they are from God's point of view. You know, we have a really, I don't know, I guess you'd say it, uh, a, a way of looking at things. Hum, our humanity has a way of looking at things, right? And we perceive things. How many of you have ever perceived something the wrong way? Man, it seems like I've done that so many times. So sometimes when we perceive things from our point of view, we tend to look at them the wrong way. And then we make bad judgment calls based on the way that we perceive things. And that, it's, like a, it's like this downward cycle, and it just gets worse and worse. And so one of the key points or one of the key things I think is that wisdom in the Proverbs gives us perception, teaches us how to look at things from God's perspective, to see things from his point of view. And when we look at things from his point of view, uh, you know, we make better decisions, right? How many of you, uh, if you could have God's big picture, you think you could make a better choice than just your reality picture, right? Man, that's what we have in Proverbs. It's like if you want to make good decisions, you want to make better judgment calls, then guess what you need? You need the wisdom of the Proverbs. And so that's why we study it. If we study Proverbs, it will give us a knack for recognizing truth when we hear it. And uh, conversely, it's also going to help us understand, hey, that's not truth. That's not right. This is not God's way of viewing things. All right, so we have wisdom gives us uh, preparation, it brings us correction, and it teaches us perception. And then D is wisdom teaches discretion. Discretion. The word for wisdom in verse 3 is a little different from the word in verse 2. Uh, verse 3, there's more of an idea of insight or understanding right and wrong in terms of of justice, judgment, and equity, okay? So together, if we're looking at verse 3, together they denote discretion and being able to distinguish, and there's a lot of fill-in-the-blanks here, and I just apologize ahead of time, good from the bad, right from the wrong, good from the evil, and the important and, tri and the trivial. Now, you might think, why is that such a big deal? Doesn't everybody know how to distinguish right from wrong? I don't know. You tell me. Why don't you look at our world today? We're in a time when, when evil is called good and good is evil. And if you stand up for anything that makes sense morally, then you are a hater. You're just labeled as all kinds of things because, you know... You, you're so closed-minded. No, you're not being closed-minded. You're just, you're trying to be moral. You're trying to be righteous. You're trying to, to uh, go by what the Scripture says. And, and if you do that, uh, you know, then we live in a society that, you know, I used to think, oh, people, they have to know better. People don't know better anymore. They really don't know any better anymore. And, and I, I don't know what to say to you other than, what a shame, what a shame that we live in a society of people who don't know right from wrong. We, live, we have government leaders. We have people that are, are, are you know, in, in high positions that don't know right from wrong. And it's, it, this is why for us to, to study Proverbs, 
uh, is so important because we need discretion. We need to be able to know what's right and what's wrong. We need to be able to determine what's true and what's not. We need to be able to see what's good versus what's trivial. There's a lot of stuff out there that really doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And you know what? Sometimes in our society what we're seeing is we're seeing people uh, make a big deal out of stuff that's not a big deal. And then they're not making a big deal out of stuff that really should be a big deal. I, I'm, I'm trying to not be political, but I, I do want to give you kind of a point. This whole, you know, it's okay to kill children after they're born, but save the whales. Save the trees. You know, don't, don't, don't hurt this or don't hurt that. But it's okay. Human life is disregarded. And, and that's what I'm talking about. We got a, a generation of people now who they need to be able to discern the difference between what's really important and what's not important. I'm not, I'm, I'm as green as the next guy, you know. I'm saved the planet as much as we can. But, you know, it's not, we ought to worry less about the flatulence of the cows and worry more about what the, the surgeons are doing whenever the babies are born. I'm just sorry. That's just how I feel. And I think that's the, the scripture backs that up. We have to value the things that God values. We have to place priority and importance on what he places priority and importance on. And if we're not doing that, we lack discretion. So we need to, we need to have discretion. If you spend very much time just observing people today, you see a deep need for wisdom. Most people don't have any skills. They don't know how to live successfully. And I know the church, our church and other churches, try to make it a habit of, of helping people learn life skills so that they can live successfully. But inside, a lot of people, you know, they may be comfortable when it comes to material things, but inside, they're not really satisfied because they've not learned the basics of just living life successfully. How, how to live life in a way that fulfills, in a way that brings true peace and joy. They make the same mistakes over and over and over, and they never bother to look for a better way. Many people can't tell a lie from the truth, and they make more wrong decisions than the right ones. And, you know, some people, this is the sad thing, this is going to shock some of you, but some people die, and they never really learn how to live. I told my wife the other day, two, two young men tried to break into somebody's house. You probably read about it. Tried to break into somebody's house here in Radcliffe on Sunday morning. The owner shot one of them dead and critically wounded the other. That guy died. That 20-year-old young man died never knowing how to really live. And that bothers me. That's my community. You got to understand, we, we've got to get this. We got to get a hold of this because we've got people all around us and we think, well, we just got to share Jesus with them and we, we have to help them with their needs and all that. Yeah, that's great that we want to do all that. But, but understand this, what this church offers is not just food when you're hungry or clothes when you're naked and it doesn't just offer you Jesus. We've got wisdom and we can help you learn how to live a successful life. Amen. And it's not because the pastor's smart. 
It's because the Bible is wisdom, and the Proverbs are wisdom, and we can study His Word. Amen. And people say, well, I don't, I don't think I need that. I don't really need that. You know, we'll talk about you in a minute. Number six here, Proverbs is a handbook for living. I think that's, is that what you got? Handbook for living. Proverbs is a handbook for living. It will teach us to live life as it was created to be lived. It will help us correct our mistakes and teach us to see things realistically from God's point of view. It will help us to know the right way and to choose the right way to live. I want to make good decisions. I got a lot riding on it. I was talking to a guy today, and he, he just started talking. Man, he's, he was a talker. You know, those people at car places, they talk, talk, talk. And he said, are you guys Pentecostals? I said, yeah. Yeah, we are. And so we, he started telling me his testimony. We started talking. And he said, man, he said, God bless you. You know, you just keep doing what you're doing. And, and he said, you seem like you, you got your head on straight. And I said, well, I said, I'm trying. I, I got a lot riding on this. I said, I got children that I'm trying to raise. And I want to raise them right. I got churches that I'm, I'm trying to lead. And I want to lead them right. I said, I got communities that I want to win to God. Yeah, I got a lot riding on it. So I can't afford to be negligent. So when I look at the benefits of wisdom, it helps me, it, it kind of urges me on. I want to get wise. I, I, want to, I don't want to be left behind. But then let's look at number two here, the beneficiaries of wisdom, verses four and five. They, they, this starts out talking about the simple, right? The simple is simple or naive or open-minded. Some people say, ooh, going to talk about me. Sometimes we can all be naive. Let's just be honest. <laughs> the first group of people who can really benefit from wisdom or the wisdom of Proverbs are those who are too open-minded. Look, there are some people uh, that they are not open-minded at all, okay? That's not good. But then there are some people who, like, every little thing, they're like, oh, yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. That's great. And they're too open-minded. They're, they're so naive. You've got some people who are not narrow-minded enough. They're too tolerant of tarnished truth. They think that you can get there with some half-truths and some, uh, some, some false uh, truths. And so you've got Paul telling the Ephesians in, in Ephesians 4.14 what their aim should be, he said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. He, he's not saying children like your little kids, but he is referring to the, the state, the mentality. Have you ever told a little kid a story? I mean, you can tell the biggest whopper in, in the world like, you know, my, my wife's uh, grandfather, he used to tell my kids some stories, his, his uh, Indian stories and uh, Army Day stories. And he would tell them, yeah, uh, he, he told them some real, and they would just, one time I remember the kids telling us, did you know Pap? And they were telling us a story, and I said, no, he didn't. And we had a big old laugh out of that. But, but here's the thing. What Paul's saying is we, we can't be like kids who can hear anything. And Oh, did you know? 
We just believe every little thing. We, we, we turn on the radio and we hear some, some you know, preacher preaching, saying, oh, that, that sounds good. And we hear somebody say, oh, that sounds great. We, we can't be like that. I've had, I've had people and they say, have you heard this and have you heard that? And they, they've got the latest, you know, of, of every little uh, fad, religious fad that goes through. And they're like, we need to, you know, maybe we should talk about that. No, I don't have time for that. And, and here's, here's why, because I don't want us to be tossed about. When you're tossed about, you need an anchor of truth. You need the Word of God. That's why we're pushing so hard. Everybody, be reading the Word of God every day. Don't, don't just live on a diet of what you get on Sunday. Amen. Make sure that every day you're getting into the Word of God for yourself because even just that daily discipline is going to help you be grounded in truth. Amen. I've been reading. There have been times where I have been reading one thing in my Bible and God, he, he, he took me to something else in the Bible. Or I was reading and as I was reading, he was speaking to me about things that were going on in my life that had nothing to do with the text that I was reading. It's just that, God, I'm open. I want your wisdom. I want your leading. I want what you have for me today. And so... Wisdom, as described by the Proverbs, can be your anchor. Can be your anchor. A wise man learns by the experience of others. My dad always says he learned what not to do from his older siblings. You ever heard him say that? I've heard him say it a hundred times. He learned what not to do from his older siblings. So, a wise man learns by the experience of others. An ordinary man learns by his own experience, right? We ought to be smart enough to at least learn from our own experience. You do something dumb, you know, as Dave Ramsey says, stupid hurts. Don't do it again. Stop doing it, you know? I don't know if, I don't know if this may resonate with some of you, it may not, but whenever my kids were little, if I stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night, I didn't just leave it there so that I could walk back through over top of it. No, I moved it out of the way. And I would tell them the next day, please keep your Legos out of the floor or they will be my Legos. All right, a wise man learns by the experience of others. Ordinary man learns by his own experience. A fool learns by nobody's experience. You ever see somebody that they just keep doing the same thing over and over? You're like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? What is wrong with you? Those are the people you hear me, I want to choke them or I want to slap them, or something violent, you know, shake them, whatever I can do. Why? Because something's not right up here. You're, you're foolish. You're not learning. Even when you're hurting yourself, you're not learning. All right. So the simple, that was the first one that we, we talked about, the simple, the naive, the open-minded. The second category of people who could benefit from wisdom was the young. They have not studied in the school of experience very long. Well, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? You live longer, you should know a little bit more. You should gain wisdom every year of your life. You should be learning from what you read in the Word of God. All right. 
Have you ever heard the phrase, out of the mouth of babes? Anybody ever heard that? I'm, I'm sure that most of you have. It comes from the simple truth. Sometimes it takes a child to reveal lasting wisdom. Like they can speak out things that we already know is true, but it's, it seems foolish, but it really isn't. Let me give you a, a couple examples. Patrick, age 10, he said, never trust a dog to watch your food. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's wisdom right there. Never trust a dog to watch your food. Um, not too long ago, uh, Mike thought Brutus could watch a hot dog. He could not. It disappeared. Michael, age 14, he says, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer him. <laughs> Michael also said... Never tell your mom her diet's not working. That's wisdom right there, wisdom. And then Randy, who is uh, nine years of age, he said, stay away from prunes. I wonder, I wonder how he got that bit of wisdom. Uh, Kiyoyo, literally that's, that's his name, uh, said, never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. Never hold a dustbuster and a cat. I don't know. Uh, Naomi, age 15, said, if you want a kitten, start out by asking for a horse. <laughs> Lauren, age 9, said, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. And Joel, who is 10, said, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. Wisdom there. And uh, Eileen... Age eight said, never try to baptize a cat. So there are, there are some, some truth, some wisdom coming out there, right? We know these things to be true, but sometimes got to come out of the mouth of babes. All right, so there are two ways in which the young may learn wisdom, two ways. Trial and error. <laughs> By having to experience everything for themselves regardless of what others have said or done. We call that going to the school of hard knocks. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm telling you? Some of you out there, you're like, I don't, yeah, I could do this. I got this. I got to figure it out. And then we do dumb stuff, and, you know, our parents are like, I tried to tell you, right? I tried, oh, why don't you ever listen to me? I tried to save you from that. But the young, trial and error, got to figure it out for ourselves. You know, you stick your finger in a light socket, it's going to hurt. Really? Right? Stick your hand on the stove, it's going to get burned. No. Really? We, we, you know, we have to do these things. We have to figure this out. But then there's a second way that they can learn wisdom, and that is they can benefit from those who have learned wisdom from the harsh tutor of experience. Proverbs offers a much easier way for us to learn some life lessons. So we can be benefited by people who have already gone through some of these experiences, and we can read Proverbs, who gives us like the basically the big picture overview of how to deal with these things. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Nobody lives long enough to make them all themselves. <laughs> all right, let's talk about, we, we talked about the young, we talked about the simple, now let's talk about the wise. 
The third group who can benefit from the wisdom of Proverbs are people who are already wise. You're like, I'm good. I'm wise, Pastor. I don't need this. Yes, you do. Every one of the marks of a wise person is that they have always, they always know, I have so much more yet to learn. You're actually not wise if you think you have it all figured out. Wise people say, oh, there's so much I don't know. See, I told you this would be good for everybody. The one who thinks they know everything has a lot to learn. Proverbs says, uh, if you're seeking after wisdom, there's more for you. That's the great thing about wisdom is like you can never obtain it all. Learning usually passes through three states. Okay, here's the three states. The first state is in the beginning, you learn the right answers. That's what we do when we go to school and they say memorize these multiplication tables. You learn all the right answers, right? Like two times two is four. Four times four is 16. I'm going to stop there. We learn, we learn all these, two, you know, two times two, two times three, two times four. And we learn, we memorize all these. We learn all these right answers. So that's the first state. In the beginning, you learn the right answers. In the second state, you learn the right questions. You learn the right questions. In the third and the final stage, you learn which questions are worth asking. Many times you probably have noticed that child that, won't stop asking questions, right? Anybody ever have one of those? And you're like, okay, enough, no more questions. And they're like, but I thought you wanted me to learn. I do, just not right now. <laughs> Go read your Bible. Just kidding. All right, so here we go. Which of these groups do you fall into? You learn the right answers, you learn the right questions, you learn which questions are worth asking. Okay, so when we look at these groups, which do you fall into? Are you the simple, tolerant soul whose motto is live and let live? Or are you a little bit less, you say, well, what are you talking about? Can you see the good points in everybody's religion? And, you know, I, I'll take this out of the Bible and I'll take that out of the Bible. And, you know, this part over here I'm just going to leave alone because I really don't like that. It doesn't really suit me. The simple. Truth is, you know, truth is what you make out of it. And a belief that, you know, if, if you have this belief, it doesn't really work. Just toss it out. Grab another one. Right and wrong are different for different people. It's not a big deal, Pastor. And, you know, who's to say what's, what is right and what is wrong anyway? If this is you, this is what you need. You need an anchor of wisdom in Proverbs. You need to understand there is right and wrong. There are absolutes. You can't just have it your way. <laughs> the Word of God is true. There's not many ways. There's not, there's not multiple options. It, it's not a Burger King of religion. Are, are we making sense now? All right. So are you the simple, the tolerant ones, or are you the young person? No matter what age you are, you're like, yes, I'm the young person. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or you're 50 or 60 or 70. It doesn't matter. We can all be like young people. Uh, at some point, um, you got to decide, I'm tired of learning everything the hard way. You know, if you're tired of learning everything the hard way and you wish there was a guidebook to help you learn about life, 
and how not to make big mistakes, guess what? Proverbs was written specifically for you. That's why this is so important. If you're watching us tonight and you are watching online and you're thinking, why does this apply to me? This applies to you because no matter what stage you're in, you can grow in your wisdom by studying the book of Proverbs. Amen. And then the third group is, do you consider yourself one of the wise, no matter what age you are? Have you learned the lessons of experience and even been taught by the Spirit and the Scripture? Well, here's the good point. Don't stop learning. Don't stop growing. Don't stop now. Don't sit back and say, oh, well, I've got this all figured out. I'm just going to coast the rest of the way in. No. If you stop learning, you'll stop growing. God has so much more that he wants you to learn, amen, and he wants to teach you from his storehouse of wisdom, which we can find in the book of Proverbs. So if you can admit to yourself, I'm in one of those groups, then you're almost ready to come into the storehouse of God's wisdom. But first, let's pass through a few simple checkpoints before we do. Let's talk about the barriers to wisdom, the barriers to wisdom. A, life is a puzzle. Some of y'all took off your puzzle pieces Sunday, and there's an unsolved puzzle back there. Life is a puzzle. You really messed up Lisa. She was back there frantically trying to figure out how to put them together, and the pieces just weren't there. Has anybody in here, you figured out this thing called life? Just when you think you have it all down, life throws you a curveball. You think, man, I got this figured out, and then, whoo, where did that come from? Something comes and sends our world spinning out of control. It's always something, right? You think you're just, oh, I'm just now getting figured out. Somebody said to me, they said, I just feel like I'm, my, my, my life is, it's all starting to make sense. <laughs> and I said, look out. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, I've thought that before, but then... Something happened. So we need something to guide us into making sense of life. Like the picture on the puzzle box that we talked about Sunday. Proverbs can help us get the whole picture or understand a proverb and the interpretation. Proverbs doesn't give us all the answers. Right? You know, some of you are like, yeah, life comes at you fast. For the rest, there's Proverbs. No, it doesn't work that way. It, Proverbs isn't going to solve every question that you have, but it does give us clues that can help us put some of the hard pieces together. You want to know how certain things are supposed to go together? Guess what? Proverbs will help you with that. So words are a doorway. Everybody say that. Words are a doorway. God not only created language, but he uses it for very specific purposes. He seems specifically to like using words as a doorway to truth. It's amazing how if you will embrace what the Word of God says. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we're trying to have conversation with Spanish-speaking people uh, that we're trying to share truth with. And it's amazing. Sometimes I'm sending Brother Miguel stuff and I'm like, what is this saying? What is Because it doesn't translate. When I translate it on Google Translate, it doesn't come out probably like it's really supposed to be coming out, and so I'm trying to figure out, and, and what I have learned is that you can, everybody can be in a service, and we can all hear the same words, 
but it's the, the attitude of our heart. It's the attitude of our, our spirit, whether or not we actually go through the doorway where we access what God has for us. And so it seems like God wants to use words as a doorway to truth for us. And those that come willingly to obey the truth are like somebody who sees a sign on the door that says, come in, and they enter, right? I went to an establishment the other day, and it was just about closing time, so I was kind of nervous, open, open, there, all the signs said open, and I walked up to the door, and it was not open. I wanted to go in, but I couldn't go in. Those that are unwilling to obey the truth see the same sign that says come in, but they never enter and walk away. I used to really get frustrated, you know, and I have learned uh, that this is probably just part of my my nature, part of my makeup. Thank you, mother. Thank you, father. Uh, it's partially hereditary. I used to really get frustrated when people would walk away from our church. I still, it still doesn't make me happy. I can guarantee you that. But I used to take it so personally. I, some of you know. I mean, you were here with me in the really young days. I can't even say I'm young anymore. But it really would bother me. And what I have learned is that there. There are some people who they want to hear the truth. They want to come and be a part of a church, but they don't really want to grow. They don't really want to see their life grow spiritually. And so they come, they hear the same thing that you do. They feel the same moves of God and same presence of God that you do, but they never enter in. Now this is kind of this is kind of a scary thing. Because when you have truth and you have the presence of God and you have the power of God and all you have to do is respond and all you have to do is enter in but you choose to walk away. This is why Jesus explained some of his parables to his disciples to the disciples, and he said, they said, why, why are you speaking in parables? And he answers and he says in Matthew 13, 18, he says, because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Do you think he was being exclusive to his disciples? No. He was saying, it's given to you because you want to know. It's given to you because you want the access. You want to grow. But unto them it's not given. He says, so whoever has to him shall be given, and he shall receive, have more in abundance. But whoever has not from him shall be taken away, even what he has. So that's why I'm speaking to them in parables, because they... Seeing they see not. Even though they're, 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 they're hearing, they hear not, and they don't understand. They're sitting in the same word that you're sitting in. They're sitting in the same experience that you're having. They're receiving the same things that you're receiving. But the difference is, seeing, they can't see. They can't ascertain that there's something spiritual going on in their lives and that God is reaching for them and that He wants to do incredible things in their life, in their family, in their home. He, they can't see that. And they can't hear that there's hope for them and that there's really a better life. They can't hear these things. And guess what? Because they can't see it and they can't hear it, they definitely won't apply it and understand these things in their life. 
And this is why it's so important that we become the soil, amen, that is the good ground that says, I want as much as I can get. If there's more wisdom that God has for me, I want that in my life. Amen. If there's the power and the presence of God, if I can have more, I want it in my life. And the good news about this is the Proverbs are open doors to interpreting wisdom for those who are willing to obey. Those who are willing to obey. But they are closed mysteries to those who are unwilling to heed their wisdom. If I, if I ever get to the place where I think I've got it figured out, and I say, mm, I don't need this. Yeah, the Bible's nice, but I think I've got a better way. I may not say that out loud with my mouth, but even if I come across in my demeanor and the way that I act and the way that I carry myself, then guess what? Those mysteries get closed to me. And then I become one of those people where Jesus said, seeing, they, they don't really see. Hearing, they don't really hear. And they definitely won't understand and apply. Understanding takes effort. Everybody say effort. It takes effort. That's why a lot of, this is, this is, I believe, I believe now, I could be wrong, but I believe this is what separates people who are here on Thursday nights from people who come once a month. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I think there's a difference between people who are willing to make an effort. I'm not saying that that makes you any more saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you come every time the doors are open, you're at prayer meeting, you're at Thursday uh, midweek Bible study, you're at Sunday, you, you go to Louisville. I'm not saying that makes you more saved. I'm saying you're making an effort, and because of your effort, I believe God honors your effort and helps you to understand more. We got people all around the world that they will walk for hours, they will walk for days to be in the presence of God. And we, we have two services on Sunday, and they're 25 minutes apart. And sometimes the one is too much for people. That's what I mean. Whenever we're not in service and we say, ah, I can give it or, you know, it's not a big deal, I don't really have to... I'll just, I'll just make it up next week. See, here's the deal. And then, then it's easier to miss the next week. And then it's easier to not come on Thursdays. And, and, and then, you know, God forbid, pastor would ever say, hey, why don't you go to Louisville? You might really enjoy that service. It takes effort to understand. You have to apply yourself to understand. The phrase dark sayings means riddle or difficult question. Parable, enigmatic saying or question, perplexing saying or question. If life is complex and God uses words as a doorway, then no wonder that wisdom, excuse me, is compared to a riddle or perplexing question. Life is hard, right? Life is complex. Life is difficult. And even though many of us would like to think life is simple, it can be very complicated. You know, I've been pastor now for 18 years, and there are still some times where I just scratch my head. And say, I don't know. I don't know what to do. C.S. Lewis said that if you ask a child to describe a table in their house to you, they would say it's brown and they eat off of it. If you ask a scientist to describe the same table, he could tell you about the atomic structure of its molecules, its density, and many other facts that are not easily discerned. Which of those is true? Both are. The truth is, the truth is more complicated than we would like. 
And there are times when a shallow answer will not help us. We have to put some effort into understanding what is not so simple. Proverbs can give us insight to see beyond the obvious to the truth that might not be so obvious. This is why you can read one scripture and a year later you can read the same scripture and it means something completely different to you. If you don't read it again, guess what? You might miss that next layer. Oh, I wish you would get this. I really wish we could, we could really just lock into this tonight. If you study it now and then you study it again in six months, you're not going to be less wise. You're going to be more wise. Every time you add that next layer, that you, you go one more time, you, you give it one more shot. Can I tell you, every time you apply and you make the effort, God says, I'm going to honor that. I'm going to, you, you want more wisdom? Right, here's more wisdom. The scripture says, if any man lacks it, let him seek it of God. Let him ask of God. You know how we ask of God? God, what do you have to say in your word to me today? It's good stuff. Gaining wisdom is not a feat that is accomplished without effort. Life in this sinful world does not always seem to make sense, but we do live in an orderly world because our Creator is an orderly being. He's given the book of Proverbs, not to answer every question, like I said already, but to help us put enough of the pieces together to believe that He holds the rest of them. Hey, if he can take care of this, man, he's got it all figured out. There are many times where people say, why does this happen? Why did that happen, Pastor? And I, I, I just have to look at him and say, you know, I don't know, but I trust God. I really don't know. I got some things right now in my own personal life, and I'm like, God, what? <laughs> why? I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. But he's got it all figured out. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly why. So I just trust him. It takes a willingness to obey and a willingness to study his written revelation to find the answers he has provided. You've got to be willing. Proverbs is his medium of help for knowing his wisdom. William Phelps taught English literature at Yale for 41 years until he retired in 1933. He marked uh, one examination paper uh, shortly before Christmas one year, he came across, he was going through and grading it, and he came across a note, and under the question, it said, God only knows the answer to this question, Merry Christmas. Phelps returned the paper with this note, it said, God gets an A, you get an F, Happy New Year. <laughs> the beginning of wisdom, let's talk about the beginning of wisdom. The foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. The fear of the Lord defined is more than respect, but less than terror. If you really want to figure that out, that's, that's somewhere in between respect and terror. It has the idea of an awe of God that leads someone to obey him. You don't, you don't obey somebody you think that they've completely lost their mind. You don't obey somebody that you think that they hate you and they don't want to do what's good for you. Somebody has written, the first thought of the godly man in every circumstance is God's relation to him and his circumstance and his, and his circumstances relation to God. That's pretty deep. Every thought, the very first thought that you have about everything that goes on in your life is 
What is God's relation to this? What is God trying to do through this? What does God want out of this? That's what a godly man thinks. It can be explained as living in the shadow of God's presence consciously and constantly. That means everywhere you go, everything you do, your first consideration is, hmm, I wonder what God thinks about this. Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen. His mother made supper. She asked him, Johnny, would you go into the pantry and get me a can of tomato soup? He didn't want to go alone because the pantry was dark. He's like, Mom, I'm dark, and it's dark, and I'm scared. I don't like going in there. And she asked again, and he persisted. He's like, Mom, it is so dark. And she's like, Johnny, it's okay. Jesus will be in there with you. So Johnny walked hesitantly to the door. Slowly he opened, and he peeked inside. It was, it was dark, and he started to leave because he, he wasn't even going to go in there. All at once, an idea came to him, and he said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me that can of tomato soup? You ever feel like that? Jesus, if you're in there, if you're in there, Jesus. I've, I've done it before. I've said, God, I don't see you in this, but if you're in there, would you help me? Proverbs explain to us that this God consciousness is the beginning of knowledge. So having, I, I would say having a God consciousness, you're consciously aware of what God wants for everything. Its origin and its principal part. It's the, the first lesson that we have to learn in the school of wisdom or we will certainly fail. It's the main ingredient of all true wisdom. No one can or will ever be wise without a proper relationship with God. You, you can't be consistently wise if you don't have God in your life. It's the first thing that you've got to have from the warehouse of wisdom or you'll never gain access to anything else. You have to have a relationship with God. I have to be connected to God. I have to think, God, what do you want from my life? The foolish despise the fear of God. The foolish, they despise the fear of God. Not everyone is willing to start with the fear of God in their pursuit of wisdom. In fact, there are a lot of people who will go elsewhere to learn skills for life, correction for their mistakes, perception of reality, and discretion to devise what is, uh, divide what is evil from what is good. But they are who the Proverbs and God himself calls a fool. A term that doesn't mean somebody who is ignorant, but one who refuses to do what he knows is right. Bible says you're a fool. He's not saying that you're ignorant. He's saying you refuse to do what's right. That's what makes you a fool. Somebody once said, the man I fear the most is the man who fears God. The next man I fear is the one who does not fear God. Whether you're going to the warehouse of science and technology, false religion, personal reasoning, human philosophy... The fool has chosen to forsake the fear of the Lord for something more attractive to his sinful pride. That's why the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, because he doesn't want to acknowledge it. The need for the fear of the Lord in order to have wisdom makes living a life successful dependent on knowing God. If we don't know God, if we don't truly want to understand Him and have Him in our lives every moment, uh, we're going to miss out because uh, 
you've got to have wisdom to, to do that. You have to learn, you have to leave the realm of mere facts, and you have to enter the kingdom of faith. If you're really going to know God at some point, God's going to challenge you to step out of just all the stuff that's easy and comfortable and what you know and all the facts, and he's going to challenge you to step out into the realm of faith and trust him. And there's some things where I, people say, how's that going to happen? And I just shake my head. I don't know God's going to have to do it because it's a faith thing. There's only one way to know God, that is through Jesus Christ. That's what happens when we turn from the foolishness of sin and we repent. And then we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, and we surrender our lives completely to Him. And He fills us with His presence and His power. In Colossians 2, 3, in closing it says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Him. You want to have wisdom and knowledge, you want to be a wise person, you want to get this, guess what? Got to have Jesus. Got to have Jesus. You can't do it without him. When we know him, all of the riches of the warehouse of wisdom are open to us. This is the first lesson from the king. The king, Solomon, that you can be wise. If you choose not to be wise, that's completely up to you. Nobody's going to twist your arm. Some people are like, well, you know, I'm, I'm 67 years old. I think I'm pretty wise. I've seen some 67-year-olds that are not really that wise. It doesn't matter what your age is. You know, then I've seen people who are in their 20s and their 30s, and they're so wise. And some people... Uh, have said to me over the years, they said, you're wise beyond your years. And you know what I tell them? It's because I'm daily in the Word of God. It's because I'm trying to apply God's wisdom to my life. It's not my wisdom, but He shares it with me. He blesses me, and, and, and that's really what, what is awesome about it for each and every one of us is God makes it available to us. Amen? First lesson from the King, be wise. Don't be a fool. Don't, don't be simple. Don't, be, don't stay young and think, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. The young, they're constantly banging their head into the wall, and they got to they learn. You know, uh, Toby Mac said with DC Talk, he said, some people got to learn the hard way. You know, and he, he even kind of brags in the song, I guess I'm the kind of guy who's got to find out for myself. I had to learn the hard way. That's why you can be wise. You can be wise, and God will bless you with wisdom. If you want to be wise, just takes a little effort, takes a little discipline. All right, let's stand. You can come up to me after, and you can tell me what we can do. If you want papers ahead of time next week, we'll make that available. Uh, if I went too fast, if you want to have the words up on the screen, whatever we need to do, I want you to be wise. I want you to get this, all right? Uh, any prayer requests before we leave? I know we have some good things going on. Sister Allen. Okay. Sister Rollins, let's pray for uh, Mike, her husband. Sister Rivera. Pray, pray for cold safety. All right, Sister Petra. All right, let's remember Sister Petra's mother in the hospital, Krista. And pray for uh, 
Christy's mom. She is needing a touch. And let's also pray for Sister Howell, uh, our Global Missions Director, uh, General Director. His wife, is she has ALS, and she is not doing well at all. So we need a miracle. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, God. We know that you are a healer. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, and there's nothing that's too hard for you. Right now, God, we pray for Mike. We pray for uh, Sister Lisa's husband, God, that you would touch him, God, and bring healing to his body. You know the situation, God, and everything that's going on there. We pray, God, for, uh, for Krista. We pray, God, that you would uh, touch her body, God. Uh, and also, uh, Lord, for Sister Morgan, we pray, God, that you would heal them, Lord. Give them the miraculous touch that they need. We know, God, that you are a healer. You are able. We pray, God, for Cole, that you would keep your hand upon him and keep him safe as he travels back. And, God, watch over him protect him. We pray, God, for Sister Howell tonight. We know, God, that she needs a miracle, and we know that you are a miracle worker. So, God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, believing you, God, that you are able to do it. And, God, we will receive this miracle and give you the glory. We pray, God, that each and every one, Lord, that has been uh, wavering, God, like a, a, a wave of the sea tossed uh, about, Lord, recently, we pray, God, that you would bring them back to stability, God, and help them to be in service with us this weekend. God, help their faith to rise. And Lord, we want to see you do miraculous things, Lord, in their life. We'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise for all these things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Offering pans are in the back and kiosk is up and ready to go if you need to use it uh, for tithes and offerings tonight. Thank you so much for being here. I don't know of anything that you need to know of except for service on Sunday. Food and friends in Louisville. So if you didn't make plans, make plans to come to Louisville at 4 o'clock. Food and friends will be afterwards on Sunday. God bless you.